Trip, you and I love talking about baseball, but as much as we love talking about baseball, we love watching it in person even more. And I have good news. We're now partnering with our friends over at SeatGeek to bring listeners $20 off tickets for whatever game they want to see. Yes, $20 off. And all you need to do is head over to SeatGeek, find the game you want to see. Maybe you want to go to the home opener for the National League champion Phillies. I don't blame you. I wish I could be there. And you're going to enter the promo code Backside Ground Ball and get 20 bucks off. Maybe you're just looking to travel to a stadium you haven't ever been to this summer. See some big league action. Last summer, I got to see Sandy Alcantara. It was very exciting. I've been a big fan. I had never seen him throw. And this summer, I can go see him again. You could go see him. All you have to do is go to SeatGeek, enter the promo code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL, and you'll get $20 off your first ticket buy. SeatGeek, promo code BACKSIDEGROUNDBALL. Do it this summer. Go check some games out. Powered by Riverside. Welcome back to the Backside Ground Balls podcast. We're coming to you here after a CAC-style midweek doubleheader here. First pitch at 7.35, following it up with the Game 2 up in Palisades, New York, with a 10-14 first pitch for Game 2. Dan, we just got done recording a college baseball episode. How are we feeling? Excited for this this pod. Yeah, so am I, because this one's going to be a little bit more fun. We're going to try to be a little bit more interactive with each other, a little bit more back and forth, a little bit more preview in the MLB season. We do have more preview content that we do want to get into, finishing out the divisions, but we felt like no better way to kick off opening day than just talk about some prop bets. Uh, We're going to talk about the odds, win totals, MVP odds, home run totals, everything of that nature, just kind of go back and forth here and and just have some fun and hopefully round this episode out and so people can listen to it before opening day and and get their bets in. So, Dan, you ready? Yeah. Who am I to tell you what to do with your money? Um, If you want to listen to me and and lose some money, that's, that's your choice. Gamble responsibly. Yes, gamble responsibly. We are North Carolinians, so uh, that means it, it's Carolinians, Carolinians, Linians, either or. Uh, we're getting there. We haven't been here that long. Yeah, we haven't been. I I can't say that we're Hicks, but I can say we are Carolinians. Um, but we are going to try our best to to find some winners. Through, find some winners. We're going to keep track of of our picks. Uh, oh gosh, you can hear me clicking away at the computer I didn't, that's why i didn't sign up for that that we're gonna we're gonna let uh we're gonna be reminded of these yeah we're gonna try our best oh. that's, that's it it's the thought that counts so you know let's kick it off with some some season win totals so give me a couple that that piqued your interest whether it be some overs some unders that as you look through the the win totals for some teams what you're thinking yeah, I mean, I'm going to start with one here that I, I can't believe this is the number. And Vegas kind of, Vegas does know more than me. So don't be surprised when they're right. But the Mariners at 86 and a half, that's a team that's coming off two 90 win seasons. And I think they're they're this low because, 
people expect some regression, but the Angels were at only at 81 and a half, and so were the Rangers. Uh, so Seattle being 86 and a half feels kind of light to me. So I would def I would I would hammer the over. Um, that might just be me. Um, I. <laughs> I like under this is this is gonna burn me so bad, but I like a couple unders on here as well. I like the Mets under ninety four and a half because of course I do. They won a hundred games last year. This is like you know seven losses less than what they had last year at ninety four and a half. But I think there's some legitimate concerns. I, I do, and and that could be my clouded judgment. But I don't love the lineup. I have concerns about the bullpen, and I have concerns about the starting pitching, and then I also. You talked me into this, so if I lose this one, this is your fault. But I, I like under eighty-eight and a half with the Cardinals as well. When does the voodoo run out? I'm, I'm kind of on board with you saying that. I also think that people are are overvaluing Jordan Walker just a little bit. It's similar to what you're seeing with Anthony Volpe. Like, can we set the bar just a little bit more realistically for these guys? Yeah, yeah. No, I I completely agree with that one. I, you know. Rookies, prospects, uh, I'm not saying necessarily that I'm out on them. I'm not out on them necessarily because there are ones that do perform, but we are definitely way too high on guys that make their debut. Like, way. Especially on opening day. Like, I think the excitement of them breaking camp is what adds to it a little bit. Don't you? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Because because sometimes you can sneak out, like, when it's in, you know, outside of Vlad Guerrero, which had, like, he had one of the most hyped up debuts for a middle of the summer debut that I can remember. Yeah. Um, but like sometimes when these guys get slipped in, in the middle of June on a Wednesday night, um, it's not as talked about when they break camp. Like, I just think you're asking a lot of uh, a kid to be the second coming of Derek Jeter or to get your offense over the hump. Like Jordan Walker is. Yeah. Definitely. So let me just make sure I got all yours. You had Mariners over 86 and a half, Mets under 94 and a half, and Cardinals under 88 and a half. Any other ones that you want to? I could give you, I mean, so, I mean, I don't want to steal all your thunder, but for me, it's like when you look at the AL Central, there's an over to be had here, whether it's Cleveland 86 and a half, Minnesota 84 and a half, Chicago 83 and a half. I know where you lie, but let me just say, I think the division winner in this division wins anywhere from 88 to like 92 games. So mm-hmm. I don't know who it's going to be. I know who I like the best, but you never know with injuries and everything. So if you like one of those teams better than the other two, you would just play the under the over here. You know what yes. I mean? Like, cause I think the, the, none of these teams are at 88 even for their win totals. None of them are even at 87. I think Chicago at 83 and a half might be a little low, but I don't know. So if you think, if you have a strong feeling of one of these three teams is going to win that division, then I don't know why you wouldn't play the over on it. Yes. So that would be what I'm going with right now to start it is Minnesota over 84 and a half. Right. Like you, you pretty much explained everything that you need to know. Um, I'm definitely not going Cleveland over 86 and a half. I have my reasons why I'm not sold on that roster. (laughs) Just like the Cardinals at some point that, that whole cute baseball runs out, right? Doesn't it? You're going to hate my explanation for Cleveland. Like here's why I I at least 
understand why Cleveland's cute baseball magic doesn't run out every year. So they've had the same manager throughout the whole time. So the culture and the vibes have stayed the same. The Cardinals are on their third manager doing it, right? It started with Matheny. Yeah. Then you had uh, uh, Mike Schilt, right? And then and now Ali Marmol. So that one's why I really think it's voodoo magic. Yeah. So, and then for another one, I'm going to go, you know, one of the things that, and again, I'm not a, I'm not a prize better, so don't take my word for gold. But one of the things that I like to do is look at things that would, whether it be lead the league or be tops in the league on any given year um, and usually handle the under. And we're going to get into that with home runs. Um, so I'm going to go Dodgers under 96 and a half. You know, when you look at a team that has some holes, um, they need to improve on. Um, you know, I know they have the Dodgers magic that they've had. Um, so I just like going under with numbers that seem high. I mean, obviously it's the name of the game, but it's just like when you look at teams that are going to lead the league and stuff, I, I have a hard time putting the over on stuff like that. You have to have a stomach of steel to play that. To sit yeah. there and watch a Dodgers team who's still going to be one of the best teams in the league and have to just count their wins and you're over there doing the math, dividing how many games they've played by 162 and then multiplying out by the number. Of, like You're over there like your stomach's turning in May when, they, when they're when they 13 over 500. Well, my, and my <laughs> but I get, was, I get your premise. It's a system and, play, and, and I, I appreciate and that. But The whole thing was one of the big three that are big numbers I wanted to go under with and I'm not doing it for Houston, and I'm not doing it for Atlanta. So the, the odd man out in terms of those rosters was the Dodgers, and I could very well find myself extremely stupid um, at that point. Uh, what do you th- when, What do you think about out. throwing an over on Arizona over seventy four and a half? And that's that's what a- was going to be my third one. Okay, was there's a year on a yearly basis we find teams that are young that outperform what a lot of people think. It was the Orioles last year. Teams on a year-to-year basis do it every year. So we're going to go Arizona Diamondbacks over eight, over 74 and a half. Uh, they just have to play 500 baseball to make sure that one hits. Yeah, well, not even, right? Yeah, you win even. 77 games and you, you cash that over. So that's an interesting one to me. I also um, – Yeah, what are some other ones that, that interest like, you? Uh, we don't have to add it to your list, but um, some other ones that you like. I think that I, I think the Colorado Rockies have been given are given way too much credit for the roster they have. Everyone just points to the Reds and the Pirates and the Nationals as the three worst teams in the National League. I think the Rockies will do their best to be um, worse than those teams. And I don't see that if we expect right, we expect the Dodgers and Padres to be really good. You and I are talking about Arizona surprising people and being a little bit better, like the Orioles did last year than. Wouldn't that just – I know they don't play as many times as they used to, but that, wouldn't that tell you that the Rockies are going to win less than you would expect? Now, I know things get funky at Coors Field, and that can become frustrating when their offense explodes because they've hit you know six routine fly balls that have carried. But I, I can see this Rockies team being like generationally bad. Now, 65 – again, this is almost like going under for the Dodgers to sit there and have to crunch the numbers every day on, when you're holding an under 65.5 is not easy yeah. to do. But I really dislike that Rockies roster. Yeah. 
it's the opposite of thinking that you'd go out, correct you'd go on the outside of the edges you're supposed to go on the inside of the edges. correct so if you have a correct. 65 and a half you should definitely play the play inside the, of that you should right. play over 65 like washington over 59 and a half while that roster is horrible most teams don't lose 100 games like there's maybe one or two a year i mean it's been more prevalent now and even over 100 wins is more prevalent now i mean last year i think coming into the year we were seeing teams that were like over under win totals at like 105, you know, right. 100.5 and, and stuff like that. You know, another one that intrigues me is obviously there's going to be two and then we'll move on to world series favorites, but um, Milwaukee at 86 and a half. Uh, obviously if everything hits right for that rotation, that's obviously a team that could easily win 90 games quite yeah. frankly. And Boston having to play 500 baseball. We haven't gotten into the AL East dive in on their roster necessarily, um, but if you get a healthy Chris Sale, um, you can get that offense to perform. Yoshida looks like a dude, like quite right. frankly. I, I started to dive in a little bit more, and if he can be a dude in that lineup, that's a team that can go 500. I mean, they're the Boston freaking Red Sox. Well, and, and the they Red Sox, it, it feels like anymore when the Red Sox are really good, you don't see it coming. Yes. Like in the in the in the late two thousands and the early twenty tens, you knew when the Red Sox were going to be really good. But when you think about thirteen, no one thought they were going to be good. They went from worst to first. They did it in eighteen again. Now that team, the teams they had back then, you know, a lot of that was injury, last place because they were injured. Yeah. But this team, I mean, when you're asking for them to finish five hundred, the only issue you have there is just how good do you think the three teams ahead of them are going to be? How good do you think the Orioles are going to be? That can be a division that really just beats up on each other and has five like above average teams, which then makes it kind of tough. But I, 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 if you told me the Red Sox won eighty three games this year, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, and a lot of people are going to hit the Orioles there. Yeah, I'm not. No, um, seventy six and a half is low. Like I get that, but it's kind but, of right. But it's, it's kind of just like you see this all the time. The cute team that plays really good baseball with the young guys regresses before they take the big step. Right? We saw it with the Mariners. Right? Didn't they go? Right? They creeped close. They walked back, and then they took the huge. The last two back. years, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that let's let's temper our expectations. Yes, if Adley Rutschman competes at an MVP level, if Gunnar Henderson's rookie of the year, if Grayson Rodriguez competes, you know, right away, Kyle Bradish takes a step forward. Yes, this is a team that very well could go eighty four and whatever, you know, and and compete. But that's not what I'm hinging my bets on necessarily. No, there's just too there's too many what ifs. What do you think about either Texas or the Angels? Because they're both at eighty one and a half. I don't like it. Like, that's just so, like, expected for me. Like, if everything hits right in either scenario. They go over. 100%. They go over. But, like, they are so. Trout goes on the the IL for 60 games. They go under. The Rangers starting rotation all goes on the IL. They go under. Yes. Vegas is good at their jobs. There's a reason they make all the money. Yes, exactly. There's a reason they're going to take my lunch money when I when the Dodgers went 117 games this year and I don't even get close because I, <laughs> I thought I was gonna outsmart Vegas like every it doesn't show. happen. Yeah right. Joe Schmo up on right know, at the, who runs at it the, at the horse track. Um <laughs> freaking throwing ah this guy I saw him warming up. He's good. All right. So let's go over to uh and we're getting we're getting these uh World Series futures bets from 
the Action Network. Um, and so, Dan, what are we'll, we'll snake draft this? Are we? Do you want to do three, or just because it's World Series, just one each? Let's do three. Um, let's name three and pick one. Fair. Yeah, but let's snake the three. Okay. So, so you, you go, go first. first. No, All you right, go I'll, first. Okay, I'll go first. I'll go first. Would it be crazy if I told you Cardinals at plus 2,000? No. If you're playing their under, yes. But I see the value in it. Bet Rivers, you can even get, you know, 2,000's Fandle. You can get them at Bet Rivers for 2,200. So, yeah. no, I wouldn't call you crazy. The value there makes sense, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, so for my, for my first pick, if we're going we'll, – are we saying best value or are we saying most likely to happen? Whatever you want. Whatever you want. We'll go most likely to happen. I'm going with the Blue Jays at plus 1,200. That's a hot there. pick right now. There's a, That's really good value to get them at. I, see, World, see, when you're talking about picking a – win totals are so much easier to me than picking yes. a World You got one team out of 30. Yeah, like You can't so take as many shots as you can with win totals. It's like – just kind of hold your nose. Um, I don't like any of these, to be honest with you. Uh, I guess I'm gonna go. I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do the opposite of you. I'm gonna take the Dodgers. Uh, the consent consensus plus seven fifty. You can find them uh, depending on who you you book with at eight hundred because Vegas has them as the second best as the second uh, best odds here in the league behind the Astros, uh, which the Astros having the best odds and having won it last year is what scares me away from that. I'm going to go Dodgers here because the fact that Vegas has them at two and everyone else keeps talking about the holes on the roster and loving up on the Padres screams the Dodgers are going to win the World Series to me. Yes, I. that's, that's a very good take right there. I completely agree with that. Um, I'm going to go lean more on the side of what you're saying right now. We're going to go Braves plus 800 for my second one. Obviously, the Braves talent self-explanatory. I think this roster, we said it all year last year, this team is quite frankly better than the team that won the World Series. More talent. You have a healthy Ronald Acuna. You have Matt Olson coming over. You have Sean Murphy. You have Spencer Strider. Like The list goes on. This I mean, if it wasn't for the Astros, we're talking about the Braves as the best team in baseball, yep. and Vegas obviously loves them as well. I'm a fan, so I'm going to be a fan here, and I'm going to take the Mariners at plus 2,000. Um, I don't love that. I really don't. I don't – I just – it's a that's a value play. I mean, you get those odds. Yeah. You hold on to that ticket. It's a flyer. It, it, it's a team that definitely could do it. And if they add at the deadline, you know, I mean, what makes this even harder? Like win totals. Again, you kind of know the makeup of a team, and typically they're going to be consistent enough to do that. When you talk about World Series, it's like, okay, who did they? Can you tell me who they added at the deadline? Who's going to be hurt? Yeah. Who's going to regret? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you told me those things, I'll take. I won't even take the like who's having a good year or not. Like, show me the roster. Tell me who they're adding at the deadline and who's on the injured list, and then I'll tell you um, what's going to happen. But I'll go Mariners because if they can. Uh, if they can get some of their young pitchers to pitch towards the top of the league, I think they have just enough offense that if they got in, they would be scary. They were scary last year. They just had to play the Astros first. Yes. So I'm going to go crazy off the grid value bet here uh, because it's a team that I could see putting the pieces together. And we're going to go Brewers plus 4,000 um, to kick to round it out. Uh, 
I think the odds are so low because simply the fact that Vegas probably has really good odds on the fact that the Brewers are going to trade Corbin Burns. Corbin Burns. Um, but if they are in first place at the deadline, they insist on holding on to Corbin Burns, and they make a run at it, and Aaron Ashby takes a step forward, that is not a rotation I'd want to run into in the playoffs. And that's not a lineup I'd run, run into in the playoffs either, quite frankly. No, no. I mean, depending on, again, there's so much variance with that team. Um, it's understandable why I think both of us kind of like them. You like them a little bit more than I do. But uh, the variance is what scares me there. But when you're getting them at those odds, it's worth the play. And I don't really have a third that I want to pick. Um, I would have, if this happened a week ago when Reese Hoskins had an ACL intact and we had done this, I would have said I would take the Phillies here. Just, I think the Hoskins injury kind of puts them in a really tough spot, especially with some of the other things that they're going to have to deal with. You don't exactly know what Bryce Harper is going to be when he gets back. Um, I don't want to take either New York team. It's not great value on either one of them, and I don't trust either one of them. I don't like the Padres because they're the hot ticket right now. Um, so I guess that leaves me kind of with one option, and I don't like it. Give me the Rays. I don't think they're going to be deep enough to do it this year. They're going to be really good, but I'll take them just as a yuck. I mean, they're plus 2,000. It's it's decent uh, decent value, but I, I don't – do you see any way the Rays – I don't really see it. Yeah. You do see a path? I don't see yeah, a path. Yeah, Jeffrey Springs year. takes a step forward. Shane McClanahan's an the, ace. Tyler Glasnow's yeah. an ace. Comes back. Glasnow has to be healthy, though. Yeah, Wander Franco takes a huge step forward, starts to show some power. Yon there you go. Diaz learns how to lift the ball in the air. Yeah, I, yes. Because they were knocking on the door in 2020. They were. A team that was probably less top-end talented, um, but more matchup talented. Um, this team's kind of has a little bit more of the top end talent. So let's snake draft the MVP. We're going to do three AL and three NL, or we could just do one value bet in each league. Um, real quick. Uh, we have some, we have some live listeners who aren't happy with your Orioles. Uh, yeah, I, I already, I, I'm already <laughs> chatting with them in the, in the YouTube comment section. So, um, don't worry. I've already, I've already handled the, the, the rowdy listener that we have late on this Thursday or this Wednesday evening. So, where do you, um, where do you, uh, sorry, where are we going next? This is really bad podcasting. Uh, we'll go one value bet in each league. Um, best value, not most likely to happen. Uh, for you in the MVP of each league, we'll start with the AL. You get first dibs. Okay, I'm glad you give me first dibs here because there's two that I absolutely love. Um, in the AL, Jordan Alvarez is plus 1148 consensus. You can get him at plus 1200 at some places, plus 1100 at others. I, I can you explain to me why he's the has the fifth best odds and not because top because one guy has otherworldly odds. I understand that. And, and it's going to be hard to like, if you want to just straight cash the bet, and you're not looking for value. You go with that probably because as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be the front runner. It took a historic season out of judge last year to win it. But I mean, I'd still have Jordan second. I mean, Judge coming off a great year. You have Trout. Julio, but repeat, how often do we repeat years like that? No, I know. I I wouldn't bet Judge to save my life. But um, 
Trout. If Trout plays one, sure. Two, easier. I mean, but does Trout and Otani ever hurt something. each other? I don't think so. I don't, like, I think Otani's such a unicorn that it can't. Um, that's just my opinion. okay. And, but what? And then my next question is: I think is, if tr- if Trout and Otani both perform at their peak, Otani wins the MVP anyway. Correct. Right. So it. Would, so that's it where the value for me and Trout. Right. Yeah. So the value for me and Trout goes down unless Otani gets hurt and Trout. Yes. Exactly. Has one of his historic years, which you're you're banking on Otani getting hurt, which ever since the UCL hasn't happened. I mean, you could see Jordan Alvarez putting up that. Like I can see, I think my best bet if this was possible would be Jordan Alvarez has a better year than Aaron Judge. Yeah, that I, I like. So that. F- to me, taking, it's like I'm so putting. Are you taking Alvarez here? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, perfect. And then can I go? Can I go NL? Do I get to go NL first too? Um. Either or, but I'll knock out my AL because and, – and as you kind of sputtered through that and explained yourself, I was sitting there kind of like, I really like Vlad Guerrero. But the whole point of this is like if you want to win this bet, just put more money on Otani, right? Just just put right. more money on Otani. Right. But if you want to get value out of it, we're going Corey Seager. Um, we are the Corey Seager Good pick podcast, yeah. Um, yeah, like it's not even a question um, how much we love him. And he's plus two thousand, so you don't have to put as much money on it as you would an Otani, and you can at least get a ton of value out of it. So, give me your NL MVP, uh, you know, MVP best pick here. He's the eleventh. The guy I'm going with is is a value play, and also the fact that he's been knocking on the door of doing it the last two years, and he somehow has the eleventh or twelfth best odds in the National League. Austin Riley, you can get him at plus sixteen. <laughs> Hundred, I mean, I don't know. He's what does he have? Two straight top three MVP finishes. Yeah, I like at some point he's gonna win this thing, and I know everyone's hot on the Padres again. They're the hottest ticket in town um, for everything. So you have a handful of Padres above them. Everybody's in love with the. I, I saw Chris Young on MLB Network talking about he thinks Trey Young or Trey Young. Trey Turner is going to join the 4040 club, which you want to talk about expectations for a guy. Yeah. Chris Young on MLB Network. Oh my God, dude. Trey it's like 4040. Absolutely. Can we like, relax? The world is obsessed with Trey Turner right now. Because, because of what he did in the World Baseball Classic. Listen, he's playing great. There's nothing wrong with that. But 4040. Like, we haven't seen that since the steroid this. era. No, he's not going 40 40. <laughs> I know. Runs in a year. What is like, it's not like we because he's hit, he's baseball. hit six in two weeks, so now it's like, yeah, right? Like, again, even when we were playing with balloon baseballs, no one went 40 40. Trev Soriano's the last guy to do it, isn't he? Yeah, and he well, actually, I think he was one away with the with the Nationals, I think was what it was. Yeah, but with the Cubs, didn't he do 40 40 one year? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, he's the last one to do it, and that was in the height. That was like not the height, but that was in the back end of the steroid era. Yeah, yeah I mean, so, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, Trey Turner is ever no. Actually, I actually saw this on Twitter today. Somebody said I think it's starting to become a hot take not to pick Juan Soto as your MVP pick for the year because everybody's yeah, picking everybody. Juan Soto, which is fine. He's raking. He's coming into this season with a vengeance. One hundred percent understandable. He's a stud. Um, you know, God, it must be getting late because I do think there's a lot of value in Francisco Lindor plus 2,500. Oh, uh, gosh. There. Yeah, it's disgusting for me to say that. But in terms of, I mean, I believe he was a top 
five to 10 finisher last year. Um, so, and that was where he didn't really have a great offensive year um, with his defense combined with some power. I think there is value there, but I'm not putting my name on that. I'm just identifying it and giving credit mm-hmm. where, you know, credit might be due. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Fernando Tatis, to be honest with you. I think that there is a lot of value. I know he's going to miss some games, but I really do think that he's fifth best odds right now consensus, which shows exactly what he's capable of when he plays. The shoulder injury worries me. But again, if we're not, if you want to win this bet, Juan Soto's the top guy for a reason. Vegas has him as the top guy. You know, it's a little bit more value, a lot more value actually than Shohei Otani. If you put a gun to my head and had me pick one, I'd say Juan Soto, but we're trying to talk about value here. So Fernando Tatis with the ability to probably go 40-40 if he could play a full season, um, actually realistically because he's got yeah. 40 home runs in the big leagues and he's still stolen 30 bags in the big leagues. Um, is Trey Turner hits 21 bad. homers last year. He's going to double it. Um, yeah. Can I be a homer real quick? Yeah, sure. JT Real Muto finished seventh in MVP voting in the National League last year. He's plus 10,000 to win the MVP. That's good. That's good. And and we'll we'll scroll down some other ones that stood out that that could be. I mean, it's such a mixed bag here. You have like Tyler. Like, if you ever want to find value bets, my opinion, Drake Cronenworth never won an MVP. (laughs) He doesn't have the tools to win an MVP. He right. has the same odds as Tyler O'Neill, who definitely has the tools to win an MVP. Like, don't go grab these guys that you really like or you think are good baseball players. No, you need the guys that either hit 150 or 350 with power. Like, there's no in-between. The guys that have the high ceilings are the guys that actually have a fighting chance at this. Jake Cronenworth shouldn't even have odds. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> 16 home Neither should Jonathan India, though. That's what's crazy yeah. to me about Real Muto is some of the names – that are yeah, around, around JT yeah. Real Muto or Jonathan India, Joey Votto, Cody Bellinger, Jock Peterson, Nick Castellanos, Alec Bohm has better odds than him. Starling Marte has better odds than him. Brandon Crawford. Like, that's why the Real Muto one popped out to me because it's like he finished seventh. You look at the names around him on that list. He's definitely, I would think, going to outperform them. And I guess, I guess he got a lot of those votes because of what he did when Harper went down. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you would expect Schwarber and Turner to be, you know, the guys who are going to help carry the load while Harper's out and without Hoskins this year. So that makes sense for his odds to be low, but it's interesting. But Jonathan India being at plus 10,000 is crazy. Yeah. So we're going to go, I'm going to get first dibs on the AL and NL for Cy Young because you got first dibs last time. Uh, for the AL, for me, this is pretty easy, at least for if we're talking about, again, this is not most likely to happen. This is value bet here. We're going to go with Christian Javier at plus 1,895. You could even get it at plus 2,000 at points bet, which at Caesar Sportsbook, it's at plus twelve hundred. So there's obviously a big discrepancy there. So there's obviously some people that's that wild. either betting that number down or Vegas Caesar Sportsbook has a little bit of a better understanding of what Christian Javier is capable of. So we're gonna get him in at uh, plus two thousand. So what do you got for the AL? Well, if I'm gonna sit here and talk about them potentially having a chance to win a World Series and potentially playing that, I think I'm gonna ha- like. 
in order for them to overtake the Astros in the division, Luis Castillo has to be one of the p- best pitchers in the league. And he's consensus plus 1536, so not as good as the Javier odds. You can get him as high as plus 1700 at DraftKings. Um, I, look, he has the stuff. Like you said, when you're looking to bet one of these things, look at the people who have the ability to do it. Luis Castillo's mm-hmm. stuff is good enough. Uh, if, if you're someone who buys – uh, big into West Coast, East Coast bias, I'd stay away from it. I'd honestly, yeah. you know, like, because he might not get the love. If you don't think that's truly a thing and if he's good enough, he'd win win the Cy Young. I think it's a value play that uh, is worth taking a flyer on at least. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a, a great answer, quite frankly. And so as we turn to the NL, which the thing got all whacked out, it looks like, for me, I don't know if it is for you as well. I'm going to try to refresh my page because it's combining NL and AL under the Cy Young. So I'm I, I have that as well. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to have to kind of sort through it. Here. I mean, you know the logos of the teams. Don't take yeah. Shoya Otani to win the NL Cy Young because that won't be a good bet. My head. I don't know if anyone would take it. I don't know if anyone would take it. No, I don't think so. Well, we're getting into the depths here, so I'm way too deep there. When I see some of the <laughs> see Hunter Green? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw, you saw Hunter I mean, Green and almost closed out of the page. Yeah, I thought they were talking about uh, most likely to give up 40 runs in an outing. Um, which actually, <laughs> speaking of it, in, in all honesty, like, as I scan by, like Hunter Green for the Cy Young is a at plus 4,000 is actually a very good value bet if you're trying to put very little money on something that could quite frankly happen. Um, but I'm going to go with plus 1200. I don't like the depth of the NL as much. We're going to go with Zach Wheeler. I think he's the ace of that staff. I know Aaron Nola has better odds, but I think Zach Wheeler has better peaks. I know there has been some, you know, concerns about velo in injury, whatever it be when he's on the mound recently, he's added a new weapon this year coming in with a uh, new pitch. That's going to be just another way to keep hitters off balance and you know plus 1200 he could easily match that so i'm gonna take that can i take two (laughs) sure because i got two guys that i think are good value and i want to give my left hander some love and i think they're both guys that when pitching to their capabilities can do this and that's I'm Julio Arias is, is plus seventeen sixteen, so you get good value there. DraftKings, you can get him at plus two thousand. Uh, I think he was was he second in the National League in ERA last year, or second in all of baseball in, in ERA. Um, if he if he logs the innings, well, Verlander's yeah. first, but if he logs yes. the innings, then uh, you know he he has the stuff to do it, and he can do it. And then the other one is a guy that I think is probably like one of the least talked about aces um, in Max Fried. Uh, he's, he's plus 1092. So he's got short odds. He's got the same odds as Nola and, and some of those other guys. But, you know, Strider has better odds than, than Freed. I know we love Strider. Strider burst onto the scene. He strikes out the world. But Max Freed's been their, their horse the last couple of years. He had a shaky outing in the playoffs. But I still think, like, you look at his stuff, you look at how dominant he can be, the way he spins the ball. He commands it well. I, I like that pick. Yeah, I like that pick too. So we're going to transition to the rookie of the year. Dan, you get first dibs, American League rookie of the year. I can already type out Anthony Volpe. For nope, that. no shot is it going to be Anthony Volpe. Um, 
I think guys like Volpe and Gunnar Henderson let's go have... With, let's go with for these. Let's go with most likely to happen because there is really no value because for all we know, there's some value guys that might not play this year. Sure. So I, I think the one that I'm going to go with here, and because a lot of times this award is won in like the last three months of the season, typically. Um, very rarely do you see a guy win the, the AL, or not very rarely, but a lot of times you see a guy come up partway through the year and win it. And that's a guy who I'm going to go with because um, I also think it's sometimes easier for pitchers to win this award, uh, quite frankly, um, just because sometimes for those guys playing every day in the big leagues that are rookies as position players, it's tough. But you saw Michael Harris come up and do it last year, right? He wasn't up from day one. He didn't crack the roster with the team. I think Volpe and Henderson have so much expectations that it's going to be a little bit tougher for them. Um, I don't want to steal yours, but I'm going to shout him out. So if, if he's going to be yours, I'm sorry, but the odds on Masataka Yoshida because he's considered a rookie, like that's definitely worth playing. But I'm going to go Grayson Rodriguez here because if he comes out and does kind of what I expect him to do, I think he could run away with that award. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, he he struggled this spring a little bit, um, but I think in terms of what his true value is, it's more in line with how he pitched at AAA last year. Um, you can get that at plus eleven hundred. So uh, I don't know about you, and I know we're talking gambling right now, but um, I can't turn my brain off. I think pitchers' numbers in spring training are one of the things that I care the least about. I care is about that strikeouts. Fair? That's it. Like how many guys do you punch out? Even so, because I understand with a guy like Grayson Rodriguez, who's maybe trying to break camp, it's more important. But a lot of times when you're just when you're getting on the mound and facing hitters for the first few times for the season, like you don't have that, you know, wherewithal yet of punching guys out. You see some guys who are obviously different. Scherzer goes out there, he throws three innings, he strikes out eight. I'm not, you know, that Max Scherzer's an outlier in almost everything you talk about when it comes to pitching. But you see a lot of guys that come in, they're adding a pitch. They know they're tr- they're trying to adjust pitch usage. So you see a lot of guys, especially established ones. Now, again, Rodriguez is different because he's pitching for a job, but you see guys uh, typically who are established like, okay, I know that I need to be able to throw my change up more, so I'm going to throw my change up in 66% of, of my you know, my spring training outings. I'm going to use it 66% of the time. That takes some getting used to, and, and you'll throw it a lot of times. What that leads to is guys not throwing it in counts they typically would. We can get back to gambling. I just – Yeah, no completely understandable and i like that so for your nl rookie of the year who's your guy oh i didn't even say my al because you said it it is masataka yoshida um i like the value i think the swing is going to play usually when you see these japanese guys come over it's bat to ball first with no thump he's got thump and he's got japanese bat to ball so i like that combination uh he's going to play every day he's going to compete uh so I, i really like that and obviously you have guys like Wanted to shout out a pitcher as well. I think Hunter Brown definitely yeah. win Rookie of the Year. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind from that perspective. So um, we'll keep it at Yoshida, though. Uh, so go with your National League Rookie of the Year. That This one's tough. I don't like any of the names in the National League. And I feel like, to me, the National League is going to be someone you don't necessarily expect. Because to me, the top four guys that are listed here all – kind of have a chance to to do it and all are probably going to be one of these four is probably going to do it so i'll take the i'll take the value play here i think kode senga 
for a lot of the reasons that you like Yoshida, the fact that Senga's been playing over there and you see him come over and the stuff translates, right? It's just like when Otani came over, like you could see that Otani's stuff was that good. Um, I wouldn't necessarily put Senga to win the Cy Young, but to win a rookie of the year, if you see Walker struggle, Jordan Walker, if you see Corbin Carroll maybe not be able to hit enough, um, same with Vargas, like you could see Senga just being like a really good three, a guy who, um, you know, is pitching in the low threes this year, striking enough guys out that he he ends up being kind of just like the clear cut winner. I also wouldn't be surprised if there's a name that like, you know, someone that that you know Garrett Mitchell wins it or um, hey, well, well, someone well, of that ilk. Can I answer? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Before you rattle off those guys, Hayden Wesnecki. He showed up this spring with really good stuff. He throws a wiffle ball slider. He's going to be my pick because you're right. When I look at this list, we get so caught up on Corbin Carroll's going to run away with it. Jordan Walker's the best hitter hitting prospect we've seen in years that we forget that it is a hard transition and there are outside factors. There's always one guy at least in every league that comes out of nowhere. Michael Harris last year, um, the year before was Jonathan India won and and just like, or he might've been rookie. 2020. Yeah. But every how he won it. That there are guys that, kind of come out of nowhere and i think was showed up with some really good stuff i think there's value there because i don't think there's a lot of value in corbin carroll winning because there's so much like i get he's the top prospect in the nl i i get he's gonna play every day i get he runs i get he shows some power but those guys struggle right was you can put lower amount of money on right and more and if he does he's been in the big leagues if he does perform great if he doesn't you're like well i didn't really put that much money on it so i'm going with wesnecki plus three thousand that's a really good pick if you're crazy and you have money to throw away so you're not like me um what about throwing some money on bobby miller yeah that's a good one that's a good one so we're going to transition here over to prize picks which have some uh some prop bets for us on season totals so we got Home run season total, we've got strikeout, 10-plus strikeout games, which is an interesting one, strikeout totals, ERA, just your normal stuff, as well as multi-home run games. So, Dan, do you have any that piqued your interest as you scroll through here? This probably isn't uh, fair. They're running a deal right now um, until opening day, first pitch. But Shohei Otani, they, they have a deal for you that Shohei Otani over 30 and a half home runs. He's going to hit over 30 and a half home runs. I mean, he's, he he will. If he's right, if he stays healthy, he's going to hit more than that. Um, I also, I also, um, I really like uh Kyle Tucker to hit over 32 and a half home runs as well as Jose Ramirez hit over 29 and a half home runs. I think with both those guys, they're so consistent. I think Tucker's going to explode onto the scene. And honestly, I didn't even look, but he could sneak an AL MVP um, just because he's protected in that lineup. He's got Bregman and Alvarez that uh, are going to garner a lot of attention. And I think he's, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. And Jose Ramirez is just going to, if, if Jose Ramirez is healthy, he's going to probably start off slow and then he's going to get super hot in the middle of the summer, just like the guardians are going to. um, And he's going to end up hitting 33 homers and driving in like 180 runs because he's their only true run producer in the lineup. So you want both of them? What was Ramirez? 29 and a half. Okay. Over 29 and a half. 
So I, I don't think I'm going to bet this one, but I do want to point out um, Aaron Judge. It's kind of the same thing that I said with the Dodgers is outliers. You want to trend towards the middle. There's two things that go into hitting 45 home runs in the year. Yeah. His total is 44 and a half. You have to stay healthy and you have to be consistent, right? He hit a home run one every less than three games last year. It was insane to not go on a three week stretch and not pop a homer. Like nobody does that. Nobody does that. So I'm not saying I'm going to bet it, but all you are is a four week hamstring pull away from a guy going from a hundred. Yeah. From cashing that to 130 and you're cashing that he's not hitting 45 home runs unless he just goes bonkers, which he did. He's capable of it in 130 games, right? He misses a whole month of the season. It's it's going to be very hard for him to make up that value. So that is one that I wanted to point out there. Uh, the first one's going to kind of coincide with my MVP pick. We're going to go Corey Seager over 25 and a very half. good. Um, you know, obviously we, we talked about the fact that he hit 30 plus last year. Um, so, and I believe he's going to continue to show the power and he's going to have more knocks. So the combination of the two, and I'll take a second, uh, just cause you took a, took a second there. I think there's a lot, a lot, a lot of value. So just for our 40, 40 Trey Turner crowd out there, he's listed at 22 and a half. <laughs> Someone um, tell Chris Young <laughs> that, that he's talking about 40, 40 and Trey Turner's listed at 22 and a half. And a half. Yep. Vegas, I think knows more than that. <laughs> I'm going to go Spencer Torkelson over 16 and a half here. Um, he showed up in the spring showing a lot more like the hitter that he was. Um, as a prospect and 16 and a half for a guy, I know he plays in a big park, but 16 and a half for a guy that packs the punch that he does is really just like, he could have a bad year and hit 16 and a half. Also Miggy on his farewell tour at over five and a half. Yeah. I don't know. Farewell tours usually go a little better than that. So Dan, where do you want to head next to real quick? Can I give you two more home runs? Sure. Sorry, I just think that if if again you brainwashing me into into buying the Brewers, I think the Brewers don't win that division without Yelich having a, a better year than he's had, and you can get him at sixteen and a half. I wouldn't hate betting the over. And on the flip side of that, uh, he, I, I he hit he hit a ton of home runs, and he always does. But I kind of like the under in in Hunter Renfro twenty nine and a half. Now, the Angels need him to pop 30 home runs probably, and that would be huge for them. But I could also see a year where Renfro uh, doesn't quite get to 30. Yeah. Cool, cool. So I could also be really wrong on that. He could end up hitting yeah, 38. I mean, it, but, like, again, it's, it's, it's variance. Like, the way I like overs is, like, if a guy goes down, like, right. Corey Seager could get hurt and still hit 26. Hunter Renfro can't miss two weeks of the season and hit 30, right? Like, he has the potential to hit 30. He does hit 30 a lot. But, like, a lot of stuff, a lot more stuff can go wrong in the game of baseball than it can go right when you're thinking right. of season totals. So, uh, let's head over to strikeout totals. Um, and I'll take one first just because of the fact that I kind of caught you off guard. And it's going to be a guy that I've kind of, I guess, torched. Um Hunter Green over 189 and a half strikeouts. I think if he can pitch, if he pitches 150 innings, he's cashing that number. 
Correct. If he can pitch 150 innings. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the spot on. Um, I have two quick ones to throw out here. Um, I think your your NL Cy Young pick. I think if Zach Wheeler's pitching enough innings to win a Cy Young, he's going to strike out over eighty and hundred and eighty and a half. And I think that that Luis Castillo is going to punch more than one hundred eighty three and a half. Um, I can see both those guys getting cl- much closer to two hundred than they are that one eighty. I see them both in that like one ninety seven to two ten range. Um, that you know, obviously, all this barring health um, for me. Yeah, definitely. So I'll grab one more then, uh, just as, you know, we'll both take two here. I'm going to go with, let me scan here and try to Sorry. banter while I, because I was typing out what you were saying as I was. So I'm going to try to be, I, I like to be a little bit different here. So um, we are going to go with, I'm going to be bold here. I'm going to go Sandy Alcantara under 195. I was going to say, that's a... Or 195 yeah, strikeouts. Five strikeouts because he had such a high workload. He's not the Max Scherzer's of the world where even if he misses two starts, he's going to punch out 200. He doesn't, right. He doesn't strike people he, out. He strikes out about a batter per inning. So he's going to have to push that 200 pitch inning limit um, to get to 195.5. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to be Debbie Downer and take the under on Alcantara. Is Corbin Burns just that number so high, like you were talking about earlier? That's what I was thinking. Just about like Vert, punch the under. But those guys do it. Like, that's what they, they do. Yeah, that's, that's how they get out. One. I think Verlander being close to 200 would be my one of like, really Scherzer's probably the guy. But Scherzer, quite frankly, is a guy that 120 is a stretch to get to that many strikeouts. But if he gets 140, I'm probably thinking he pushes 200 strikeouts. Yeah. So yeah, like that's where it's tough for me. You know what I'm saying? Like if he pushes yeah. 140 innings, he could punch out 200. And so like even if health's not a factor, then you're like, what am I even hinging my bets on? So let's let's get one more category here, Dan. You pick one, let's one go, category here. Let's go uh, as a pitching guy. Let's go earned run average. Earned run average. So I think this one's a little bit harder, and this is one that uh, a lot of people can kind of. It's it's easier to figure out than strikeouts, just because strikeouts, you know, you, yeah. Sometimes it's harder to look out and, and know how many they're punching out, but ERA people kind of understand that. Um, I don't want to be too rude. I was going to say you could go Patrick Corbin over five five four one ERA, yeah. but I, I mean I I'm going to go with. Um, I think Luis Garcia pitches under a three eight four. I don't want to put that down as mine. I'm just throwing that out there. That's it might be a decent one to take a look at. I think Garcia's pretty good. Um, man, the the ERAs are tough here because it's yeah, tough. But I think Dylan Cease is going to go under three and a half. He's got he's at a three four three right now. I think he's probably closer to a three this year. I think things started to click for him last year. He. Uh, he was really good, uh, especially in the second half. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Cease could Cease could pitch under that. Cease misses a lot of bats, and he and he also misses a lot of barrels. He gets a lot of soft contact and misses a lot of bats. So that's a that's a pretty good formula for success when it comes to uh, you know having a lower ERA. Quite frankly, and he was obviously really good last year. I think there's a lot of value in that three five range. I think. I'll point out a couple guys here who could easily go under. You have 
Kevin Gaussman at 3.47. You have Chris Sale at 3.48. You have Blake Snell at 3.45. You have Nestor Cortez at 3.47. I think all of those guys have the And what about Manoa at 3.41 too? Yeah, well, I'm not going to talk about him because I'm not sold on him going under 3.41. But there's a lot Fair of people enough. that are. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to prioritize my value. <laughs> um, but if I had to pick one here, um, I mean, we're, we're me and you, we're bad at this because we love guys so much that like we don't want to hurt any of their feelings because they're just all so talented. Right. Um, so obviously my my brain immediately goes to over 3.02 for Justin Verlander, which is just like, why do I have to just kick key? He pitched under a two last year, year. which is interesting Um, that he's at a 302 because that tells me that Vegas is expecting some uh, age regression. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think that's, I think that's accurate. It's like, just like, I think what makes this, I mean, it's over a run. I think what makes this so tough is, if you, I feel like I'm looking at predictions, which is obviously what they do. But like, if you tagged me with any of these numbers on these guys, it's like I'm in, right? Like I'm so. Oh happy. yeah. Like Sandy Alcantara pitching to a three point one eight. Like yeah, sign me up. Like that's my guess right. anyway. Like so, if I had to go one, we're gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Chris Sale under three point four eight. Um, if he's healthy, man. Yeah. I mean, even if he's not, he's pretty good when he's on the mound. You know, he's like, I, I yeah. don't think he's pitched to a 3.48 ERA very much in his career, to be quite honest with you. I just think that that middle range there is such a good value in terms of like, those are the guys that could push the under and those are also the guys that could push the over. You know, like, I feel like those are kind of the middle. Yeah, because you mentioned Snell and, and talk about a guy that I'm not sold on. I think Snell, yeah. I think Snell's probably, I w- if I were to play Snell, it would be over the three, four, five. Exactly. And it's just like you look at these top guys, right? The DeGroms, the Burns, the Otanis, the Scherzers. It's like, am I really going to bet that like DeGrom's going over 2.61, even though that's an outlier? Like when DeGrom pitches, he's never over. Oh, he's a two. Like he, he's, if anything, he's, he's from a 198. Yeah, he's a 198 yeah, to a, like a 215. And if you're betting smart, you don't bet under two point. You don't bet under no. outliers. You don't. Right. You don't. You don't bet on the opposite side of outliers. So same thing for Corbin Burns. And obviously, so those guys, if anything, you're going over. But like you blink your eye, and Corbin Burns is rolling into the All Star break with a one point six, and you're like, God, am I an idiot? Pitching his way so, out of Milwaukee. Yeah. So like that's that's what is probably the the issue there. I think guys like Strider and Garrett Cole at 3.15 and 3.16, even though I think Garrett Cole is going to push for a Cy Young here this year, I think that's some value there over if you wanted to be a negative Nancy and go over. The same thing with Sandy Alcantara at the 3.18. Obviously, he's coming off a historic year, but some batted ball luck falls in there, and, and next thing you know, you're pitching to a three. He's weird, like, though, because he's – you would typically, right, when you evaluate those things, talk about batted ball luck, but then you see his stuff and you're like, maybe it's not batted ball luck. Maybe he just yeah. generates that much weak contact. He does. Because he does. he's throwing he's throwing 100 mile an hour turbo sinkers. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So it's like, that's hard. That's hard to get on plane. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. that's why sometimes it's tough to look at, you know, you. I mean, you just need a combination of, of being able to look at those type of stats and being able to see with your eyes what's going on. Yes, definitely. Because um, like you, because you make a good point. Like the safest of those guys are the ones who miss the most bats, right? Yeah, 
right? Like if you're striking out well over one an inning, typically you can repeat that if that's going to continue. Guys like Alcantara, like it's like, well, he didn't strike. He struck out about one an inning. Is he really going to pitch to a two? It's like, well, I yeah, I mean, he's ge- he's generating the you know the exit velocity against is you know some of the top in the league. So yeah, the those two guys I think are the probably the top regression candidates are the Verlander yes. and Alcantara's um, for different reasons expect, too. For different reasons, expected stats wise, um, Alcantara's just kind of that. I mean, he could very well could be a unicorn who just pitches his whole career like Greg Maddox and just like generates that soft contact, but. It's just hard. It's hard. To it is hard. It's really hard. And there's a lot of variance in terms of like you're you're relying a lot on. Because if if Alcantara comes out this year and strikes out over 200, like, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise you either. No, it wouldn't. He would have to be a workhorse for his third year in a row. That's you know? and that's and again that's one of the worries with him. But I mean. Yeah. It seems not to affect him. He's out there pitching the World Baseball Classic after throwing yeah. what two hundred and thirty innings last year. But you know, you know better than I that you're you're just one bad week away from from that. All your numbers problem. ballooning. Well, all your numbers ballooning. Oh, and yeah, you don't know when the fatigue hit kicks in. Right, the fatigue could kick in the two weeks after the All Star break. Yeah, definitely. So, well, that'll conclude for this episode. Um, a lot of fun there. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. This is going to be dropping tomorrow morning on opening day. Um, so make sure you get listen to this as quick as possible. And hopefully you're watching your opening day games and, and being able to lay some bets when, you know, Aaron Judge starts off the year with three home runs. That number goes up. You know, you might be laughing at us like, look at these idiots saying that you should probably bet under Aaron Judge, but he's already one step closer to 44 and a half after he goes off tomorrow. But, um, you know, make sure you're liking, sharing and subscribing to the podcast, uh, using the promo code backside ground ball again, backside ground ball on seat geek, get out, watch the Phil's play, watch the Orioles play, watch the Braves play wherever you're at in this country. Or if you're in Germany, go watch Bayern Munich play. Seat geek's got you covered. So, uh, but until next time, we'll see you guys on the next podcast.